you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on Stitcher, iTunes, and NFL.com/slash/shek. Let me tell you something. I am positively reeling from the Packers' loss, and I'm not even a Packers fan. It was as rough as I think I've ever seen. In fact, I know that I've ever seen, really, trying to be objective. We'll go through it here in just a second. But I think that this one stacks up unfavorably as the worst loss in NFL history. And then what else is weird about the weekend of pro football action is somehow the Colts Patriots game feels like it almost didn't happen. I don't think, does everybody agree that your heart couldn't invest in another game after going through what happened in Seattle? And the greatest beneficiary of that is one Andrew Luck who gets off the hook basically for going 12 of 33. That is an apocalyptically atrocious effort. And yet nobody has said boo about that, or very few at least. It's it's interesting stuff. I guess, uh, as his surname would indicate, he uh, is fortunate, at least uh, in that regard. Otherwise, uh, the, the Pats whipped up on those Colts as we forecasted they would. But let's dig into all of it now. Black tie behind the glass. We have, uh, we have a nice room here in Studio 66. Maximum strength! Can I say this to you, too? 
last week in this space, what a gangbusters time we had. We had, ah, oh, what a t- especially at the end of the week. Go back and dig up our second podcast of the week. James Jones of the Green Bay Packers showed up in here and went two for two. He was in here once a year ago, was in again, and just positively delightful. And he smells divine, too. He really is a he, – he, uh, he wears a nice scent. And he told us all about Aaron Rodgers and uh, the Raiders and everything else. And Ike Taylor, the 2014 Shecky Award winner for our favorite football playing guest, was in here. He spent, what, 45 minutes or thereabouts with us, black tie. And uh, I swooned. We also played Dear Ikey. I gave him some relationship etiquette type questions, and he gave his answers, and they were fascinating, as you might expect. Go back and dig that all up. In the meantime, like I say, we've got a, a nice group in here, starting off with the host of the Around the NFL podcast, Jets fan supreme, Dan Hanzus. What's the poop, fella? What's up, Dave? Awesome to be back in the room with you. And by the way, you mentioned right off the top the Packers game. Yeah. It's one of the weirdest games, the, probably the only one I could ever remember, where the loss actually stuck with me, and I wasn't a Packers fan. It's the first yeah. time ever a loss ever stuck with me, and it wasn't a, a Jets loss or a team that I supported. I feel that which way, Which speaks too. to the, the just the uh, tragedy, the cinematic tragedy of what happened uh, for the Green Bay fans. And Hans Zeus, by the way, be on the lookout. It's up on NFL.com as we speak. His piece about the seven eight. seminal eight moments. Oh, I thought it was seven. It, okay. it grew to eight. Um, moments that the Packers and their fans will probably be haunted by, not just until the start of the 2015 season. Trust me on this. I, I will get it. Let me say hello to the other guy, too, a guy who's suffered some painful losses over his lifetime. More like dull pain, though, being a fan of the Miami Dolphins. Here he is, all <laughs> the way from London, England. We're about to depart for Glendale, Arizona, where we will partake of our latest round of our culinary tour across these United States. Here he is. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, Handsome. How are you? Very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. I think you've come up with a good new nickname for the for the Miami Doll Pains. Ah, oh, yeah. That's nice. I like Ooh. it. Let me say um, this to you. Okay. I Don't you feel that, I mean, to, like I say, this isn't one of the worst losses I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. This is the worst loss Whoa. I've ever seen. But the worst were... loss in NFL history. But, Dave, you also used the phrase subjective, mm-hmm. and I'm not a fan of the Packers. I am going to take issue with that. I actually think you are a fan of the Packers, and I would I would volunteer the idea that let's say a terrible cataclysmic nuclear disaster took place in Pittsburgh, wiping a city I've never been to, and I hope this never happens off the face of How the. How generous earth. of you! You <laughs> hope you hope the nuclear apocalypse does not uh, drop the city of Pittsburgh. Stru- doesn't strike Pittsburgh. <laughs> okay, good. If that happened and you were not struck down in that tragedy a dark night rises the, type and, thing right that's that kind of okay. thing as opposed to ah. anything worse okay um you Bane would be a green up. bay packers fan i i, I understand what if, you're going for with you with this uh with this little hypothetical <laughs> but i mean do you think so so would i be that sort of uh lacking in in loyalty <laughs> to my to, to my football allegiance for my entire life just like wow the steelers all got wiped <laughs> out well, I'm going to need a new team. This, <laughs> All right. But that's it's a, a hypothetical. Henry, I understand what you're saying. To Henry's point, though, because 
I have battled with you, it feels like years, and indeed, I guess it's been years now, where we've gone back and forth about Peyton Manning and being the best, and I now have to back off that argument after he slipped a little bit this year and failed in the Super Bowl last year, but Aaron Rodgers has always been your boy, mm-hmm. and you mentioned Andrew Luck uh, stinking it up and getting lucky because nobody cared about that game. Look at Aaron Rodgers' numbers, and I right. know he's playing on one leg. Did not deliver in the prime of his career in what perhaps was his greatest season. With some Peyton Manning parallels there. Exactly. Didn't deliver in the playoffs. And nah. if, if they had won yesterday and you'd come in here and gone, see, what do you think? Aaron Rodgers did it. No, sorry. Aaron Rodgers would not have been the guy responsible for winning that game. Well, first well, Dave, of all. Before you get into that, you know how you always say no jive? Yeah. I mean, to start off the show, to do the you know studio, max, studio 66 maximum strength, you were not into it. To introduce Hank, you were not into it. I've known you for years. Your body you language, ta- you've been <laughs> Don't down. Don't tell me about my depressed. body language. It's just the truth. You're a Packers fan. At the very least, an Aaron Rodgers <laughs> just fan. Just admit That's it. End point. Just admit it. No jive. Maybe Listen, you're a Packers fan over I admire. Well, that's the shame the devil. Don't say, now take that. I like to have my fun, but you, sometimes you go too far. <laughs> and and uh, suggesting the nuclear winter hitting Pittsburgh is on the borderline of funny, but now you've gone officially <laughs> too far. Um, well, listen, first of all, my heart goes out to Packers fans because I'm a sports fan. First of all, it doesn't have anything to do with what, what my rooting interest is. I find it hard to imagine that anybody, unless you're a diehard Seahawks fan, can you really, was, was that a great game? Was that an exhilarating game? It was an awesome game. It was an awesome you game. black tie. But I'm not- You're re- you must recuse yourself from this as an objective fan because if you think I like Aaron Rodgers, right. you're downright creepy about Russell <laughs> he, Wilson. He <laughs> skipped into the newsroom after Wilson launched yes. his comeback and was taunting the around the NFL group. But we didn't even have a stake in it. We were like, I remember being like, why is he? Why is he so? Why is he like throwing this in our face? But he said after afterwards he was getting a lot of heat on Twitter from people that were going after him about Wilson, and he had to celebrate celebrate somehow. Or maybe he's just, uh, you know, he's reflecting his hero's way, which is if you're apparently the the annual tradition now with the Seahawks is after what should be pure unadulterated euphoria, instead is I told you so, oh, and yelling it. Well, listen, I if that's what motivates you, if that's what fuels you, I wouldn't, you know, I, I, far be it for me to tell you to cut it out. But on the other hand. Hey Seahawks and your fans, you're kind of missing the the sweet spot. You're in the glory years. I know you want the chip on the shoulder of your guys because it's what is motivating them. But on the other hand, you can stop for a minute and be happy. You don't have to uh, constantly be looking to you doubted us in your face, but, loser. And Doug Baldwin did that after the yes. game, and there was a, if you if you can track it down, it's it's a pretty good video clip. But one of the people, that, members of the media, who unwittingly has, has suddenly offended Doug Baldwin and is being shouted at outside the <laughs> locker room, does as the video comes to an end and Baldwin's rant ends, shouts after him. And he's been saying the whole way through, you guys didn't believe in us and all this stuff. He shouts after him, weren't you guys favorites today? As he as he walks into the <laughs> locker room. And Baldwin and that, has no response And that's that. also like the, the silly, fun, funny thing about sports is, yeah, like everyone doubted the Seahawks and they came up big and won the game. 
Brendan Bostic catches a football, you lost. So it's not like they delivered some grand statement. It's the Seahawks way. Yeah, right. It's like you got lucky. Let's let's call it like it and, is. And, and let's be honest, the Seahawks now, I think mo- you're right, probably more people in the country found that disappointing than they would have expected to if they didn't have a rooting interest. Because I think there is something about you root against, unless you are a Seahawks fan, you root against the team that, that just won the Super Bowl. You want to see fresh blood in there. You want to see the Packers there potentially. I, I think there were probably would have been more people people in America rooting for Green Bay outside of just Packers fans because well I mean as it sets up now well yeah I mean first of all if you had Aaron Rodgers versus Tom versus Brady, Tom Brady two handsome everything. devils I mean the, the the Fortnite would be consumed by these uh, tail of the tape t- kind of cutesy pieces about who's got it better in life Aaron mm. Rodgers in the heartland of America or uh, Tom Brady in the birthplace of America one has Giselle Bunchen, the other has Olivia Munn who's better, whoever wins, is going to go down as the greatest quarterback of the Super Bowl era and all that. Instead, we get this matchup of, of teams with uh, with um, sort of uh, contentious uh, skill sets, you know, what great defense versus great offense and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I find it hard to imagine. What, what, you, you don't have a heart? You know, the, your heart doesn't go out to the Packers. That was a that doesn't for me. That's not one of the three or four best title games I've ever seen. I just saw a team implode and that brings me to this point don't you think fellas i I, uh, the last 24 hours have been consumed by people attempting to assess who is the most responsible who this loss uh, whose head it should fall on let me say two things first of all if you're a packers fan and you think mike mccarthy should be fired you're dumb (laughs) if you send evil messages forget about you know physical harm uh, threats and such to uh, to Brandon Bostic. If, if you just send an evil message his way, you're dumb and mean. So either way, but so th- these seem to be the two prime suspects. But when you think about, when I say it's the worst loss I've ever seen, think about it. From, I, and I'm a Steelers fan, and I know you guys, Jets fan, Dolphins fan, say and how dare Packers you. And a Packers fan a little bit. Yeah, and a <laughs> Packers fan. Well, let me say this, too, about that. No, no, no. You don't need to say anything because the I Packers asked you a question. The Packers have a great, fun, nice group of people. They like to drink beer and, and be cheery and have a good time. Play canasta. They, they and the Bills, the, the greatest the su- of Catan. The oh. greatest Super Bowl for America would be the Bills and the Packers. No one loses that one. America wins that one. That's a good one because they got the, their fan bases are, are, are so, you know, they Fox love to have beer. CBS and NBC wouldn't want that, but, yeah. All right. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it, in ter- but comparing it to other losses, Ernest Biner's fumble, the drive by Elway, Neil O'Donnell handing away those two second half interceptions to the Awful. Cowboys. That was terrible. Well, I don't know why that. Why, <laughs> I don't know why that's on your list. But carry on. You don't know why that would be on my list. I'm kidding. All right. I mean, but that's crazy. How dare you? The, the, you, you don't they had see a chance that as a to steal that one? game. They, they did, did have a chance did have to steal That's exactly right. But that, it's your list because right. the Steelers fan. Most people wouldn't think of the Neil O'Donnell game. All right. Well, Scott Norwood's miss. Yep, that one's probably more like Music City that. Miracle, Romo's fumble of the snap in Seattle. All those, mm. the thing they have in common is that it's one play or it's a sequence of related plays. Mm-hmm. And I guess you the Bills coming back on the Oilers – was just this, you know, this this steamroller by Frank Reich pulling a comeback. But this one stands out for me because there are, by Hanzus's count, eight plays. To me, it's at least a half dozen that 
If any of them go the Packers' way, they win that game. Right. Starting early, I mean, you know, J- Jordy Nelson dropping a touchdown pass. I don't know how the rest of the game goes from there, but in the second half. But that, but that wasn't a drop, though. That was that was not a – What do you call that? But it's a catch. He, he, what do you I call mean, it? His throw as well was not necessarily on point. He had one it hit, hand. It or, hit him in two hands. No, what do you mean? No, no, no it didn't. The Jordy no, Nelson throw? The first uh, – It was a was, misfire. That was a misfire. It was a bad throw. It, didn't hit it wasn't him a great hands. ball. It was reachable. He's caught it before. He's caught it 50% of the time. He didn't catch it. Yesterday, but but it's not Aaron Rodgers' fault. Don't worry, Dan. I think it was more Aaron. You can't Rogers put that one down. I thought put, it was more Rodgers than on Aaron Rodgers. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's here's the here's the uh, I guess lame defense for Aaron Rodgers. But you said it early, and you and you almost said it under your breath. He was playing hurt. He played fine for a guy who was hurt. But imagine how much you'd be talking. I mean, look, I agree, and I think it's 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 courageous and everything else. But imagine how much you'd be talking them up if they'd won yesterday's game the way that they looked like they were going to win it, which wasn't because of Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, he was terrific. He won despite coming through injury. Yeah, blah, blah, if blah, we're going right. to praise him as a god right. when he car- then, when he carves up the last week's team in the second half, we, you got to give him heat when he falls short because I thought. His second interception, I, I, it's one of my eight plays that I called out. They're up 16 nothing, midway through the second quarter, first and 10 from Seattle's 33-yard line, and he, it, looks, it's, it looks like a miscommunication between Cobb or Nelson, one of the two, and he throws a pick there. And that's the type of stuff that, you know, if he was playing at a higher level, that game was over. He made a lot of mistakes. I think some of the play calling by McCarthy was terrible, but some of that I think was reflected in maybe um, Rodgers not being himself and them not having. I know you thought the scramble, Dave, at the end of the game that Rodgers could have got a lot more yardage before the field goal that tied the game. That could have changed the game if he could have had a better gain at the end there. Think about the two consecutive plays. They're in Seattle territory and the clock's ticking down under 40. Um, two straight plays, Rodgers is, is gimpy, but still makes the first down. And then the play after that, that's when he looks to Eddie Lacy and tries to toss him the yep. ball from two feet away. And Lacy had turned to block mm-hmm. there. That's another one where Aaron Rodgers likely would have taken off with the ball. I think you could go so far, and in fact, I will go that far, as to say if he isn't gimpy there, they, the Packers score a touchdown and all deliver. Right. That's a reach. That's and a deliver the dagger of all daggers after they come great. back. That would have been something. And here's one more for you. Here's how you know the football gods really, really were intent on the Seahawks winning. The Seahawks won the coin flip for overtime. Because if the Packers get the coin flip, I bet you they at least get three. I'm, I'm with you on that one. And that, and, and it's odd. If, if you, the conversation we would be having if it wasn't such an incredible comeback is should teams both possess the ball in overtime regardless? Yeah, that's, that's a conversation that in a, on an average playoff game when it goes into overtime and one team scores first, that's the conversation that we'd be having now. That's what Dave Damashek would be outraged about this morning. Is both teams should have Wouldn't the Wouldn't you like to have seen Aaron Rodgers and uh, the Packers get the ball? I'd have liked to have done that. I agree. I, th- I, I think that's a rule that needs to be changed. But it's pretty telling about how just Come how on. good yesterday was. Are we getting upset, by the way, that the Packers didn't get the ball back after they laid down and gave up a touchdown in the first possession? You don't deserve the ball. Tell him, Dan. Come I, on. You know get out of here with Fair. that. Fair. Fair. I think that they – on the first you possession – like football. You just wanted the I game love to football, be over but so the better team home. won at that point. They couldn't stop them. It was a, it, you know, it was over. The better team won the game at that point. Is that how you feel, really? I do. I really do. I say – I mean, the first possession – The better team at that minute. Maybe not the better team yeah. through, the, through the whatever it was. The first possession, minutes. I think, is more defensible by Mike McCar- for Mike McCarthy to not go for the touchdown there at fourth and goal at the half-yard line, fine. You're on the road, get the points, get ahead. 
But when they get down there the second time, and Randall Cobb catches the uh, the little, um, uh, you know, they try they tried to rub off the mm-hmm. the DB, and they get it to Cobb, and he takes a belt at the one yard line. Um, that's where you go for it, you know. Leave at worst, so you leave, so you're up three, and you leave the uh, the Seahawks backed up at the goal line. That to me was a bad call there. By the way, before anything else, because if I sound like I'm, I, you know, I'm. I'm sad for the Packers. I really am sad for the Packers fans. This is another year of Aaron Rodgers' sublime career now. And you're also the sad as a Packer fan. Oh, shush. You know, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> that is sad for him. I'm sad plus, for our man Hawk. You lose Where's your, your heart? You I thought you liked A.J. AJ Hawk. Well, next AJ, time he calls in, I'm telling actually, him you didn't he care. Actually st- he was actually the one who uh, could have stopped the uh, fake oh, field goal. Careful. Oh, careful. I mean, Let's he make made... sure we save that recording yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. I mean, he's one man. you got to stop the first down, right? <laughs> he's one man. <laughs> I mean, you got to stop the first down. Let me say this about two men. I'm just one man. I hail at the same time. I Well, before I hail Russell Wilson, I must first say, I don't know, man. I, call me a cynic. I didn't love the uh, the tear fest afterwards, the crying game afterwards. I don't know why it just How didn't. How could you? Your team just lost. It just didn't. It just didn't <laughs> ring. <laughs> it didn't ring as uh, I don't know. I, I, no, I don't, I'm with you. I didn't love it. I felt like it was a little bit much. It was a little. I also the weeping really? was a little bit too severe. That was you got to. But think about take a step back. That is the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl. One of the more unlikely wins we've seen in a decade, at least. And he played a major role in it. He I'm, peed down his know, leg before on. he before he played a major role. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But, but also, I there, get the, the tear ducts didn't actually produce any tears. Oh, you're saying it was foam. seemed like a it Ooh, seemed like there was a okay. cry face without it's any tears being produced. It's Which his could football be, life. It's 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 the it's the trailer for his and, football yeah, life. Uh, TD <laughs> TD earmuffs. I think there's a chance that. Uh, Russell Wilson is in the Drew Drew Brees phony. Oh, he's There's absolutely him and, sure. him, oh, he's I mean, de- and him and Brees yeah. are best buddies, according to. They to are Black best Tide. buddies. They're definitely. I have to watch this video again. They're definitely packaged guys. They know what their they know mm-hmm. what their stick is they and know they what perform the it well. Wants. Exactly. But now let me say this. They perform. I thought so. That aside. That aside. I think <laughs> now that the character now now that I've talked about his character as a man, let me talk about his deeds as a football player. I feel this way. Here, you know, uh, uh, Hanzus invokes the name Peyton Manning. What Russell Wilson did to me was really the anti-Peyton Manning, which is things went against him. And a lot of guys, that's not just a Peyton Manning knock, but certain guys rise to the occasion. They rise to the challenge. They elevate their game. Russell Wilson didn't do that. He was apocalyptically bad for 55 minutes. He didn't throw a bad pick or two. He was just downright crummy. At what point in the game did he, and I'm not sure even, I haven't looked at the stat line, did he ever get more completions than he had interceptions? Oh, he, yeah. There was a point where, I mean, late in the third <laughs> quarter, he had more interceptions yeah, you're right. than he had His completions. His first completion, I believe, that was he was one, one for seven. Yeah, and it was at that deep point, into the second picks. quarter. Yeah. Um, but listen, to... to it, it, it's one thing for things to be going your way and to start feeling it, for everything to, to feel like what Russell Wilson must have felt like, which is, boy, I, I have single-handedly cost us a return trip to the Super Bowl, everything we've played for, to then rise above that and keep on drilling throws and keep on making, making big plays is remarkable stuff. That's really, uh, you know, people keep saying stones, onions, whatever you want to call it. That was uh, something. And the other one is Richard Sherman 
It, a lot of people don't like his mouth. I like it. I, I think it's, I'm all for trash talking. I don't like when people compare him to Muhammad Ali, who's the funniest uh, athlete in the history of sport, and it's not even close. I don't like when Richard Sherman is compared to him because Richard Sherman's more trash talker than he is funny. Either way, even if you're a guy who doesn't like guys who are mouthy, can't fault him when he backs it up like that. He had one arm. He had one arm. And he took on Jordy Nelson in a big spot there in space and tackles Jordy Nelson. He doesn't make that tackle. Jordy Nelson gets a first down. Who knows what happens? Do you there. think – we just talked about Russell Wilson. Do you think Richard Sherman was playing to the cameras a little bit with, with some the of those sideline shots on uh, by the Fox cameras, wincing like a guy that was, you know – it's interesting enemy lines holding that injured. arm up in the L shape yeah. perpetually as he as he is uh, you know lined up uh, to to cover Jordy Nelson or whoever. I don't know yeah. if he was playing to the cameras. He might have been playing to to awesome. Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. To, to, That's what um, I think. What it was tempt him, bait him. Well, I mean, but, having but, said but, earlier in the week that he he was frustrated that Rodgers hadn't sent, thrown the ball his way. Hanzus, I have not uh, because you were writing it just before we started this, but the piece is up now. Is the coaching is the pack coaching staff not at least gauging Sherman's health I, on that list? Yeah, I mean, I limited it to actually plays that happen, but that would be certainly a question mark after the game. The other issue I had from the coaching standpoint, obviously the conservative play calling, not going after Sherman, and then not giving uh, Trevon Williams any safety help on the game-winning touchdown. Yeah. Uh, you would think with the game on the line and knowing the season's over, if a touchdown's caught, maybe you play a little more conservatively or in a more protective manner. I think that it was just like a, a major core meltdown of every aspect of the team failed. But you can understand. I mean, look, you, Dave, from Dave's standpoint as a fan, you can understand because if, you, if you're feeling what you're feeling after the game, imagine what it's like to – and the the perfect example is Morgan Burnett like falling to the floor after he gets that pick with about five minutes left, and it's like, oh, I sealed the win, whatever. No, you didn't. But if you assume that that's what he was thinking and that's what the team was thinking, well, Julius as, Peppers tells him to go yeah, down, right? That's but what he said. I, well, that's exactly so. Yeah. But as that lead gets whittled away, can you imagine in your head just thinking back of some of these moments? Are cl- obviously going to be very fresh in the Packers players' mind. Like, wow, we could have actually. You know, we could have won this one, and we could have put this away. Of course, there's a meltdown going on. You know what, Hanson? You haven't seen anything like that. Less before. than a week ago, you and I had this very conversation about the curse of Sposta, Sposta. and in a weird way, Ooh. this was an example it was of a it. Flip of the because Sposta. once it's nineteen zero seven. Sposta. I mean, there is a snapshot. I was rewatching the game today, and when Russell Wilson throws his fourth pick, there are five minutes left. They're up 19-7. to seven. Morgan Burnett picks it off. He goes to the ground. If I would have told you in that moment, look at what's happening. 19-7, Packers ball. The, in two and a half minutes of game time, the Seahawks are going to lead this game. Right. Your head would spin. And, yeah, I think the, the Packers fell into, like, well, at this point we're supposed to win. Now we just now we have to not blow it. Right. And that's exactly what they and did. Then, so then you can understand why coaching mistakes are being made and everything else after that because you're in full meltdown. But I do think look that the mistake was why – I mean – I, I asked Brian Baldinger, and I bring that up uh, not just to name drop, but because uh, he had some interesting thoughts on that. I said, why the zero coverage in overtime on Curse? And, of course, the answer is to stop the run. They had the, that Marshawn Lynch was killing them at that point, right. so they had to take that away, and that's why the, the Seahawks' deep uh, passing game works. Um, but I said, do, do you suppose that the Packers coaching staff just wasn't aware of Richard Sherman's injury? Did they not see it? Did no one, did none of the receivers come to the sideline and say, hey, are you seeing 25? He, he only has the use of one arm. And and Baldy's 
hypothesis was, no, it is the scourge of the West Coast offense, that it's all about reading what's there, and it's mm-hmm. not about trying to expose, like, you know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick would go after it hard. That guy is the weak link. Peyton Manning, boy, that DB is struggling. I'm going to throw at him until he does something about it. The West Coast offense, according to Baldy, dictates that if you are disciplined about it, you don't go right. after that sort of thing, which obviously is a fail. Isn't that like it makes a lot of sense, and Brian Baldinger knows more in his crooked pinky than I know in my <laughs> whole body, but, I mean, that sounds like nonsense too. Like, would they really not go at the gimpy cornerback because the philosophies of Bill Walsh's system says not to? I mean, come on. You gotta I win don't the game. know. It's obviously, if nothing else, it's pretty rigid on part of on the wildly part of rigid. McCarthy and everybody else yeah. there. Um, my, my question, I guess, still about the coaching is: Would um, would the if the Packers had got the ball first in overtime, would they have been as aggressive as the Seahawks were when they got the ball? When the Seahawks said, you know, like you said, Lynch, we, we're running all over them with Lynch. Would the Packers have treated it like, all right, we've got a blank slate, let's go out and do the thing that worked for us at the beginning? Or would they? And I think they're more likely. It's tough to get out of that conservative rut once yes. you once you've been in it for a half. I don't even know if the Packers. Would have been able to say, okay, now let's go out and be. Well, the as a Green team, you know, as a team, I, I say about Russell Wilson that he somehow is able to wash off the stench. There goes Dan Hanzoos. Uh, Where's he going? For coming up here. Where's he going? I hope Chris Wessling is jumping off, and somebody's got to man the desk. News never stops. All Even right. on Martin Luther King. Take some Judy cake. Day. I wonder if Hanzoos doesn't care. He's not a, uh, as you can tell by the way he dresses himself, he doesn't care much about fashion. But that's the other bummer of you, Mad Bro is the uniform matchup. What a what a stinker. What a stinker of a uniform matchup this is. It's yeah, it's not as good as it could. Too much be. navy. Mm-hmm. Navy, navy and more navy. Navy everywhere. Can't we do something handsome? You got juice. Can't mm-hmm. you see if uh, by the way Dan Hanzus's piece on nfl.com the eight reasons that the Packers fans will be haunted forever. And well, you know, I don't know if it's till the start of next season. But I can tell we'll you see, from experience. at least a year. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I know you laugh at it because you're a Dolphins fan and you think that, well, how, how dare a Steelers fan ever complain about painful losses. But, of course, every fan, if you've been a fan of any team for any amount of time, they're going to suffer some tough ones. The one, like, the one I saw from the Packers, I know from experience as a Steelers fan, and I am a Steelers fan. Make no mistake, I am a Steelers fan through and through. And shame the devil if anybody says otherwise. Shh, black tie, don't say. Don't you dare! Don't you? I mean, I, I mean, that's that's a hideous charge to level at me. However, I can tell you as a Steelers fan, this isn't one of those things. I know how that. You know how they always say that time heals all wounds. You know, have you ever loved a lost one, and it does a lo- a lost a loved one, and as time goes by, you find like, yeah, my life is starting to get back together and everything. That's one thing. When you lose a game like this, though, you never get over it. You never that, that you'll never get over it. No matter how many titles your team goes on to win, you'll always walk with a limp from you know a couple of these. And I have a couple of those. I wish I had words to console you, Packers fans. I don't. <laughs> you Packers fans. I don't. I have nothing yeah. to say. Oh, it was a, it was a horrible, <laughs> horrible thing. It was a terrible thing that happened that day. Wait, real quick, though. I love how – well, I don't love it. It's kind of weird how Aaron Rodgers gets away with saying stuff like, yeah, we're the better team. We should have won that game. We'll let that slip. Well, I appreciate guys being honest, some other quarterbacks don't necessarily get away with that type of thing. No, you you know what? You are so right. I, I, I think that is a keen point. If there, there are a lot of guys who have uh, whatever their, their persona is that, it, that they wouldn't Imagine get away. Imagine if that was Cam right. Newton. 
Man, it was Cam that came out and said that. I mean, it's kind of right. weird to put You're in right. that spot, but think about it. Like, people would be like, whoa, whoa, you know, respect the game or all that sportsmanship stuff, which, again, is just You're nonsense, right. but it does come up. No, uh, I think that's bad. And the other thing that uh, – the, the killer to me of all the things, the coin flip, McCarthy's decision-making um, – Rogers calf, Morgan Burnett going down too early, um, Bostick's fumble. The worst of them all, the two-point conversion. What happened there? Wow. The two-point conversion, Russell Wilson is just running around clearly. You see, he's either going to get sacked but, or he's just going to throw into the end zone. But even this one, he, he can't pull off this miracle. The ball's in the air across the field for forever. What are you doing, haha, Clinton Dix? It really seemed as though... His reaction indicated that he must have thought the ball was dead or something. Why did he knock that, not knock that ball down? And, of course, if he does, then the Packers still win the game, presumably. Yeah. I mean, but that's an assumption in itself, though, right? Because I, I know the game play, flows yeah, differently yeah, you play, after that. You play it differently if you know that, hey, if you give, if you give up any points, you lose. So. Well, that, that's the thing I will say. In the same way that I just hailed Russell Wilson for putting it together when it counted, you know, I, I, same thing goes for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you talk about – getting punched in the gut, you just gave up a 16 to nothing lead, 19-7 evaporated, now you're losing in the blink of an eye. Russell, Aaron Rodgers went out on the field and drove him right down the field. Right, and actually that's where Mike McCarthy shouldn't be faulted is that he, where they had three three timeouts and they probably might have been a temptation to take one of those timeouts earlier on in that drive. As he saw the Seahawks' defense on its heels, he kept them going and Rodgers you know, kept them moving down the field, but it did stall and, and you know, you're right. A, a touchdown would have been nice there. I think when they get to midfield, actually, I was surprised they didn't take a timeout. There's about a minute, I believe, on the clock there. They should because they had two more there. I think they're at the Seahawks 45. I think they needed to burn one there, gather themselves, and then again, I guess the notion is keep our foot on the gas. The Seahawks right. are struggling to stop us. We're we're chipping away 15, 20 yards at a clip here. And I saw that happen, if here. you remember, and I, I hate to dredge up bad memories, Dave, because you're right, I have some terrible ones, but that's exactly how that Miami Dolphins-Green Bay Packers game ended. They didn't st- take their foot off the gas on that one, and they kept going all the way down to the end zone, and then they had the fake spike, of course. And hmm, That's probably that what is going through their head. Um, so what do you agree, handsome? Worst loss in NFL history? I, I agree. Seen? I agree that it would be the most difficult to swallow loss I can think of. Uh, you know, as a neutral fan, I don't have the the same rooting interest you do. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I I think that would be tough to swallow. All right, now let's talk briefly because I I really feel like in the last two decades we're gonna talk about the other game. I guess yeah, we well, it's, it's I like, think, uh, yeah, I mean, unless we, you, you're getting calls from Seahawks fans that we haven't talked enough about the Seahawks. Yet. No, no, now we can talk about the okay. Pats and Colts. Listen, by the way, Seahawks fans, just, just you know, I hate to invoke well, what 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 uh, Aaron Rodgers told yeah, Packers exactly. fans three months ago, but you really do need the R E L A X. There's a these, lot of a lot of Seahawks haters too, man. Like these are the glory half, days. Don't who cares what anybody says? Yes, I don't hear what you say up here on top of the football mountain. How about that? Is your response that this this anger that you that I, I again I get that the players use it like no team. I know individuals have used it well. Michael Jordan comes to mind. A lot of guys do. But as a team, these, this is a team That's of chip-on-the-shoulder guys. But that the fans are all this – what gives? You won the Super Bowl last year. You're back in another Super Bowl. That your first instinct is to like, ha-ha, is, is super weird. It's not the way champions act. 
Do you see, handsome, how I comport myself as a Steelers six-time champion? You know, as a as a, Take as a fan, of, as a fan of, of a team that's tasted perfection. Uh, I think I think when that time comes again, I'll be classy. Uh-huh. I'll be a class, classy winner as well. You were minus eleven when that game right, was played, right, something like down. that. Minus five. Handsome, are you excited for our culinary tour? I am. I can't. I'm, I can't wait. We're going to Arizona. When are you going? I'm not. Sh- I think I go on Sunday or Monday, but. I have found a place in downtown Phoenix Ooh. called the Henry. Now, as you may or may not know, Handsome Hank. Hank is short for Henry. I do know that. Did yes. you know that? Yeah. So I think we really should go there. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I don't know. We'll find some other ones. Should and we take course, Black Tie with us? Well, if Black Tie wants to. I don't know. I don't know if he's – well, I don't want to say where he might be in relation to Russell Wilson, but I think you can take a guess. <laughs> if he can free himself from that place, then maybe he Settle down, Packers fan. Settle down. Okay? <laughs> I listen, I would have happily taken up residency uh, in and around Aaron Rodgers for the next fortnight if he were in the Super Bowl. Th- that would have been a dandy. I, You know what, though, Handsome? I'll say this. I, I hear you about that you root against the heavy, the, the team that's supposed to win. And all that, but I think the NFL would do well to have a two. Would would have would, would do well to break this one and done kind of string. It's I don't as I've said a million times. I don't like the coin flip nature of every game. Well, I don't, yeah, but wait a sec. I mean, let's look at the final four. Yeah, this no, year. you're right. You're right. The, even even all the playoff teams. I mean, it, this was this is not a year where we are saying, "Wow, I had no idea those six teams would make the playoffs." There's not. I, no, you're I right. I get that we're um. We we're in a world where you're not going to see the the dynasties build, but the Seahawks. You know, this is the second year in a row. I think the number one seeds from each conference have met in the Super Bowl. You've we've got some great teams. We've got some great quarterbacks. I don't think we've got anything to to complain about with this NFL season. I believe me, I'm not complaining. About you just this. did. I said I don't like coin flip. I I just said I, a two time champion would be fine by me. A two two in a row would be good for me. I I like that. Now. The New England Patriots stand in their way, and you say that, you know, you basically just implied by your words that there's no such thing as a dynasty. But if the Patriots win this one, is it the weirdest dynasty in NFL history, or do we need to make up a new word for what, what they are? Because this has been a this has been a century long run now. And if they cap it, even if they did nothing ever again after winning a Super Bowl here. And even if they don't, they got to another Super Bowl. But, Nine title games, all these Super Bowls for Brady I, and Belichick. But I, I think the interest, the, the most fascinating thing about the, the Patriots team is if you said to me, let's say the Steelers of the, of the 70s, but also let's say if the Steelers did it now, or if the Packers had done it, you know what that Packers team would be about. It would be about you know fast-paced offense and this and this. And if it was the Steelers, it would be about hard-nosed running game and a great defense and whatever. The fascinating thing about the Patriots through these six Super Bowls that they've been to is every single one of those mm-hmm. teams is entirely different and often at, at complete contrast to each other and in a very short space of time. It's it's an interesting point you make, and of course, Patriots wonks and even people who, who aren't uh, Patriots supporters will point to the fact that we're a little hard on, uh, on them because two fluky plays aside, they would be, you know, Tom Brady could be undefeated in the Super Bowl. They could have five rings right now. He could be going for his sixth ring, and there would be no question who's the best. That said, if Tom Brady wins this one, it's hard to make a case against him as the best quarterback of the Super Bowl era. Um, Yeah, uh, uh, but your chameleon, I agree with you, that the chameleon nature of Belichick and the teams he puts out there, the thing that is similar with this team back to the days that they actually won those Super Bowls is the defense is good. You know, the Flacco showing two weeks ago aside, and you can't just discount that, 
But that one aside, the defense has been really good for half the year now. And I think that in the same way, I think the formula sort of is the same as what it was for the Packers, exactly what we talked about before the NFC title game. The Seahawks can be had on the ground, and Eddie Lacy was having his way. He Mm -hmm. was hitting them pretty hard. Jonathan Stewart was having a a, a good day. Um, Way back to the last time they lost a game in Arrowhead, Jamal Charles was gashing them, and and, uh, um, that group was. So, you know, Niall Davis had a good day against them. I think you can run on them. I don't know who it is, but I think whether it's LeGarrette Blunt or Jonas Gray or whatever, I think they can run on them, and – I, you know, it, it's a tough pick to make. Right now, I'm leaning towards the Patriots. See, I'm I'm leaning towards the Seahawks, and I think the reason I am right now is that I don't think the Patriots, save for their game against the Ravens, and I don't even think the Ravens match up to it, will have faced a team as as physical as the Seahawks. Hmm. And I really, I, I just think that um, I think it'll be really difficult. For, they're just not used to. There isn't that team in the AFC really at the moment. Whereas the whereas the the Seahawks have seen it all in the NFC. The the AFC doesn't really have that that style that that the that the Seahawks defense is playing. Yeah, interesting point. Um, what do you think then? Let's talk quickly about the AFC title game. And like I was starting to say a couple minutes ago, I think in the last two decades. If, if I had the list in front of me or off the top of my head, I'm not going to bore you with it now. But I think if, you know, we, we could pretty quickly, without the help of a list in front of us, we could put together who the last uh, mm-hmm. 20 Super Bowls, uh, the two, uh, what, the, what the last 20 Super Bowl matchups were, and then see off of that if we could name who, who they, they beat, beat in the title yeah, game. And I think I, I think we would both do pretty well with that. But there are a couple games in, in within that range where it's hard to sort of what happened in that game? Who did they beat there? Mm-hmm. What was this? I don't really remember much about that game. I think that this is going to go down as one of those. That 45 to 7 feels like nobody saw the only thing anybody's talking about is deflated balls. That's the only thing that <laughs> that's the only thing. And again, Andrew Luck kind of gets off the hook for it. Yeah, well, I mean, it is you're right. It's completely down to what had happened for the three and a half hours prior to it. So it, it I think they they get away with it on on that front somewhat. But it was, I, I, I personally, I expected it because it's almost exactly the same yeah. thing that happened when they played in the regular season. And the, it's not that like Colts got better at stopping the run any time in between that first game and, and the second game. It was it was incredibly one-sided then, and, it, and I imagined it, maybe not the scoreline to be like that, but at least for it to feel as one-sided as it was. Whose fan base would you be happier for? What do you mean? Who would you rather see win? Think about it from that perspective. Which I root for the teams when I don't have my natural black and gold uh, allegiance. I choose. I root for the team whose fan base I feel deserves I don't, it. I don't care for um, the fan bases particularly. You don't care for either fan base. Not really. I mean, as I said, I, the, as you've said, I think the Seahawks yes. fans are a little bit obnoxious or have become – because last year I would have said, definitely, I want the Seahawks to win. That's It's a cool story. I like that team, especially against the Broncos, whatever. But you guys but, do know it's not like the, every Seahawks fan. No, is but like uh, that, but right? I'm like, afraid you know the the like like in a lot of groups in life the yeah, the, the, the 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 tail um, leads the way or I don't know how, how you overzealous say that. the overzealous ruin and ruin any activity right. or hobby or whatever exactly. It is. You ever and, go into a bike shop 
and you think, oh, I'd like to peruse bikes. And then you go in there, and the people in there are talking about bikes way too seriously. And they're wearing Lycra. And, yeah, and then you feel like, oh, I, you know, I guess I'm not. I have to leave I'm straight not, away. If I see the people wearing Lycra, I'm like, I don't really, really want really to talk enough to you because essentially you're naked. If I ask you a, a question, of millimeters of fabric. yeah, I'll feel like a jerk that I don't know as much about bikes, so I'm just going to back yeah. out of here. Just same people in Lycra, I don't know if you have the same thing, but it's like, <laughs> this isn't. What clothes were made to cover you up? You are naked in front There's of. There's a guy in my gym who's about fifty, early fifties, mm-hmm. who I don't think knows that those Lycra bike shorts right. aren't. There's are you 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 wear those and then put, put shorts on top over them. But and not then, this guy. But also, if you're sitting on a bicycle, that's kind of graphic. What you're what you're showing me at that point is yes. Leaves nothing to the imagination. I do think a nice How fashion. Did we get here? I don't know, but a nice fashion turn that I'm embracing is in the NBA. They're wearing the the uh, shirt sleeves now instead of the tank tops. Since Isaiah Thomas won the NBA All Star um, award, maybe eighty four, eighty five ish, and he held the trophy up over his head. That's the last I need to see of another man's armpits. Right. I don't. I don't care for that. Yeah, that yeah. that doesn't in, no interest me that. at all. Let's cover that up. Let's 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 stop with that. Let's stop with the barefoot. I don't know. You're right. How did we get here? I don't know. I don't know what fan base I'm rooting for. In a way, I find myself, though, rooting for Tom Brady. I d- and the, so that's where I was going. Is the Patriots fans I can't root for. Sorry, Patriots fans. I'm a Dolphins fan. I just don't like you. Um, and I don't particularly like the Patriots because I'm a Dolphins fan. But there's something about Tom Brady. I think, you know, we just talked about Russell Wilson and feeling slightly, you know, not, not loving. I-, I like the way he plays, but I don't necessarily. His character, something mm-hmm. Questionable. Drew Brees falls mm-hmm. under that category for some people. Not me personally. Definitely not you. Aaron Rodgers also hits that mark. Tom Brady seems to me like a guy who has worked hard to get where he is. A super nice guy. Has a lot going for him. All the stories that we hear from your friends Heath and Willie uh, on this podcast, which was terrific, and will be one we should we should definitely bring back during Super Bowl week. You know, it makes you want to root for that guy. Yeah, and well, even that's, Belichick that's... in a way. I well listen. I I think he has been misrepresented by me and a lot of other people who are just sort of evaluating him from afar. But I mean, that many guys who have crossed paths with him can't be wrong. Right. They're not. They're not just shilling for him after they've left the team, left the organization. They say he's a funny guy. He's a cool guy. I don't like all the hard work stuff. That's not exactly my thing. No, I, I don't like guys who work. Hard work is not your hard. deal. Yeah, that's a, then that makes me look bad when you're working super hard. <laughs> I don't care for that. But how about this question, real quick, and then we'll wrap it up here because we have a lot to a lot of way to go here, handsome. Before actual kickoff. Now, by the way, isn't it heartbreak? Football season's over. Mm-hmm. It's done with. I just sicken. I'm sicking the gut about it. Deflated balls, you know. Anyway, <laughs> listen to me. Black Tie's going to cut that. He won't cut that out. Um, I, let, let me ask it to you this way, Handsome. If you can sort of assess this. What's better for you, a Dolphins fan, me, a Steelers fan, going into 2015 for the AFC? Is it better for Brady and Belichick to win this one and feel like, ah, We've mm-hmm. purged the decade-long demon. We yeah, now have our rest fourth. on our laurels, or even let's retire. Maybe, maybe, maybe. legitimately, maybe. I don't maybe. think Brady will retire, but maybe. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll just take it easy. Or for but but then they'll have the motivation of let's do it. Let's yeah, let's, let's come right back and do it and, again. And then free agents will go. 
Let's go to the Look Patriots. Look at this. They got it going. The one last chance, and then Revis is there still, and then they add uh, DeMarco or Murray. And... to keep the fire going. Is If they get through this Super Bowl and they lose this one, can we then? Maybe it's then. Like they, I can't do it again, Coach. You know, maybe Brady. I'm gonna play, and we'll we'll get back up. You know, come September, we'll do it all over again. But at some point, you, how many times can you get knocked down and keep getting up? You know, I mean, this is not. I'm not a professional athlete, and it's not just the athletic ability, but it's also the mindset that right. I can't really grasp the way these guys have the ability to bounce back and have such confidence in themselves. Well, that's all. why and, I liked. Uh, I think it was Chris Harris said after the Broncos lost, like the last six months of my life have been right. a waste of time, and I like that mentality because it effectively it is. But it's a waste of time for every player except for one team's group of players. We'll do this after the Super Bowl. There's no reason for us to rush into this. But I can't help myself and repeat what I said, I think, two weeks ago. The Broncos with Gary Kubiak, who knows what's going to be now? I don't know if Peyton Manning wants to play. You know, Gary Kubiak is not going to be as deferential as Adam Gase was, I don't right. think, to Peyton Manning. So I, is, does Peyton really want that? And even if he does come back, it's such a question mark with him. I don't know what's going to be with that team. Really, the Patriots are going to be it again. The Colts, they haven't done a great job of putting the uh, – uh, they have some good pieces, but they have blown a couple of drafts now. I don't know. I mean, who's the who's the favorite out of the AFC next year now? I can't help but ponder it, obviously. I think the Steel- I think, you're st- I think the what Steelers you want me to do there. is say your Steelers are going to be. I'd like the to. The question for me about that Broncos move is, like, while you don't want friction on the scale of, of Harbaugh was had him in San Francisco – being John Elway and hiring your best buddy to be the head coach, and he's hired his best buddy to be the offensive coordinator. You want some creative friction. You want you know mm-hmm. that that tends to make good things happen. The only way I can see this working out is either the friends fall out somewhere along the line, especially if they, your Brock Osweiler is your quarterback, or or the team collapses. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't see this working out particularly well for them. Yeah, it's interesting, but like I say, I, I I'd love to jump into this, but I guess we'll have. February to March. August to do all that April, jive. To do, it's June, not jive. We, I, I Listen, there are 30 teams right now that are feeling sad. I'd like to extend something, some 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 words of wisdom, Packers fans. You're one, there are 29 other fan bases that are sad, but facts are facts. I'd rather be a Buccaneers fan today than I would be a Packers fan. This is terrible. Josh Sitton said it, I believe. I'd rather have law, or, or maybe it was Randall Cobb, I would rather us not have made the playoffs than have had to go through this. And I think it's true. Or I'd rather us get blown out. This this is the worst. It's the worst, Packers, and it's never going away. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> I feel bad. I wish I could wrap it up. I, now I have to wrap it up because Black Tie wants us to be done. Do you have any final thoughts, Black Tie, before we do? Shaq, I think it's um, I think it's acceptance. It's the you know first stage of fine. I like AJ Hawk. I like Aaron, I think Aaron. I admire AJ Aaron Rodgers' play. By the way, Ike Taylor and James Jones, who sat in this studio a week ago, agreed with me. They said he's. They didn't say he's the best guy playing. They said he is the best they've ever seen. Well, I don't recall that, and I was here the whole time. But also, I mean, well, that's because you're on Taylor Facebook never played against Dan Marino. Yeah, touche. Yeah, and Aaron Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, no question, no question at all. But like you keep saying about Peyton Manning, he just hasn't produced here consistently in the playoffs. He and was the hurt whole, the last no, two postseasons. That is not an excuse because that's part it's of his not game. An, it's, it's not an excuse because if you're always going to be hurt, being healthy is part of the game. I'm sorry, that cannot be an excuse. Wow. 
All right, I don't know what to tell you. It is nope. an excuse in my book. No, it's not. It. It's it's part of the game. A lot of, a lot of people can say Mario you know, first... Lemieux is better than Wayne Gretzky. The only mm-hmm. thing that prevented him from uh, for that from that being reflected in the point totals is that Lemieux had a bad well, back. I mean, but there's also a difference between who's the better player and who's the who has the you know more accomplished career, right? And if you're always going to be injured, you might be the better player. But listen, I'm bitten by my own snake. The rings matter. They absolutely they matter. And the fact of the matter is Aaron Rodgers regressed in this game. As I always say, you must elevate your play or at least maintain the status quo in the postseason. Aaron Rodgers did not do that this year. Again, I give it the it's asterisk, like though. Postseason running. That is not, I'm not going to argue with you anymore. He, had, he, was, he was hurt last year and he was Part hurt this year. He can't. You got to be healthy. Well, again, kudos to Get Richard gym, Sherman. Bro for playing with that bum wing and, and delivering big plays exactly. in spite of it. That is uh, something to, that is praiseworthy. All right, listen. Handsome Hank will uh, we'll do oh, – ne- you know what I want to do later this week? we got to evaluate and figure it out once and for all. Best defense of the Super Bowl era. Seahawks are in that conversation, but we have to figure out some uh, who else are the candidates. We'll figure that out for you. Before we leave Studio 66 and make way to uh, to the desert – in Arizona, and then we'll get out there, and the time will be gay. We'll eat. It's going to be terrific. What are we doing? We're doing NFL Live Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, three-hour shows as we've done annually now. for the. This will be the fifth year, I think, of mm-hmm. us doing that. I believe so you're be giving out some awards, right? Oh, yes, coming up soon. Yeah, the Sheck Report will be available for you momentarily here. And uh, and also, yeah, if you've watched the Infinite DVR, we do, you know how they hand out the Lombardi Trophy at the Super Bowl. Before that, we're doing the Vinci's great moments, identifying the best play, best catch, you know, uh, best defensive play, so on and so forth. So those will be up for you sometime this week on NFL.com. We have an, an IFL coming for you before the Super Bowl, so much to look forward to in that regard. Not to mention... A grand Super Bowl 49, the defending champions against the 21st century dynasty, a.k.a. the You Mad Bro. And I should have trademarked that because I know people are already jumping in on that as though it was their idea. Um, either way, we'll talk to you later this week, and then we'll see you out in Arizona next week. In the meantime, thanks to Dan Hanzoos. Look for his column, Black Tie and Handsome Hank. Sorry, Packers fans. For the rest of us, though, it's been a thin slice of heaven. Yeah, I'm one of you, too. I guess. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.